Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post, where we'll be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. On this week's episode, we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Bill Wobshall, to discuss all of the latest developments affecting our local clubs. Don't forget you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at yp.sport.nationalworld.com as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at YP Sport. If you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football, or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. And if you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. Yorkshirepost.co.uk As mentioned earlier in the intro, this week we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Wobshall. Good morning, guys. Morning. Morning. So... Uh, this week we saw Bradford City share the points in their 0-0 draw with Sockport County, followed by a 1-0 defeat when they paid a visit to Crew Alexandra. Barnsley recorded back-to-back draws in their games against Peterborough and Wigan Athletic. Uh, Doncaster Rovers played out a one-all draw with Mansfield Town before claiming a blistering 3-0 victory over MK Dons. And it also saw Harrogate Town lose 2-0 against Tranmere Rovers before sharing the points in a 2 all draw with Morecambe. But first this week, uh, we'll start with the clash between Huddersfield Town and Middlesbrough, which ended in a 2-1 victory for Michael Carrick's men, which was then followed up by a 3-1 defeat at the hands of Coventry City. Now with Middlesbrough four points off the playoff spots and the Terriers three points clear of the drop zone, how significant could this result be for both teams, Leon? Yeah, I mean, I think, first of all, you've got to say it was probably a, 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 a sort of funny um, sort of Christmas New Year season for quite a few teams, and it was rarely, rarely does it go smoothly. You know, for every team at this this time of year, you don't get many who win win all the games. It was, it was, um, you know, keeping in that theme, it was a, it was a strange game at uh, Huddersfield, who uh, they they played uh, very well against Middlesbrough there's been a lot of uh, a few sticks to, sticks to beat Darren Moore with a, you know, regarding his team with any identity any sort of um, personality identity all that sort of thing I mean we've, we've sort of we've seen him obviously they've had a bit of a, a like few teams you know in, in, the, in our region certainly Middlesbrough they've had some big injury issues to deal with you know and the, the approach has been dictated in that by, by some games Certainly away from home at the back end of this year, you know, set up to try and frustrate and uh, and contain. You know, the Huddersfield fans are wanting, you know, just that evidence of of the side sort of evolution and growth on under more. You know, to, to be fair, they had a, a good start, um, uh, a good start to sort of the back to back home games by beating Blackburn. Playing, I don't think Blackburn were great, but Huddersfield by all accounts were excellent. That was a, you know, just a tonic, just what. Just the, what was needed, and uh, they played. I say they played well against Middlesbrough. That identity I spoke about, um, uh, Josh Caroma, who seems to have a like, but playing against Middlesbrough had another have another good game. Sober Thomas was the best player on the pitch, and you know, so um, so unlucky he ended up on the on the losing side. So um, 
Yeah, it was. I mean, I've been, been at a few Huddersfield home games this season. I know Stuart has as well. And I mean, he, he, once or twice you've seen, you know, the sort of ang- anger afterwards, haven't you? I mean, I did the Preston game relatively recently. Yeah. Things weren't hunky dory. There's been one or two other games, a Cardiff game, sort of swing to my head. You know, even though Huddersfield lost, and it was it was a bit of a bizarre uh, finale. You know, the sight of of the supporters, you know, giving them a, a stand innovation at, at the end was was heartening. But I suppose on the flip side, you've got to look at um, the position in the, in the table. You know, as well as they played in the, in the two home games, they won just one. Um, they've only won one in one in eight, and obviously there's, there's teams below Huddersfield that were starting to make the move. You know, more more principally Sheffield Wednesday. So, yeah, as much as uh, there were two, sort of two good performances, you know, it is ultimately there's that points aspect as well. And you know, I felt for them in in the respect of having a, a game to start the new year with it at Leicester City, who you know already looked to be champion to let Huddersfield got beaten in that, as most people would suspect. But um, yeah, I mean, at least we are, we are seeing this sort of. You know, identity person like to which you wanted from Darren Moore's side, but um, yeah, it's going to be um, for quite a few teams in Yorkshire. It's going to be a big one, January and Huddersfield. It's all about for me getting the recruitment right now this month and the owner Kevin Nagel. You know, staying too true to his promises of bringing in some uh, new players. And it looks like they're going to make a start with a lad from Chelsea, which um, a lad on the wing on loan. That'll be a, a, a nice start, but this, I think they need a few more to come as well. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, we we know they've had injury problems. We know these things take time, but we we know as well that there isn't much patience in Championship football, particularly when you sat above the relegation zone with teams like Sheffield Wednesday and QPR breathing down your necks and, and starting yeah. to show some form. You know, Darren Moore's had 19 games now, and, and 19 games isn't much to get an imprint on a side, I say, particularly when you've had a lot of key players, but. We've seen managers sack quicker than that. Um, he's only won three of those games. So I think January really has to be an acceleration of those trends. As Leon says, this, this identity is, is, is emerging, which is what we, what we needed to see from them. Um, but it's, you know, it's only the starting point of the process. They need some, they need some shrewd transfers now. As, as Leon says, chairman needs to, you know, do his side of the bargain because there really wasn't much, um, Financial backing at all for 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 Neil Warnock in in the summer because of the, I guess because of the circumstances that we've seen at Huddersfield the last few years. I mean, you, you also can't ignore financial reality, but um, there really needs to be a kicking on now, a uh, 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 bringing in of some players who can really work within this framework that that Darren Moore is creating, and it 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 certainly will need more patience. But there obviously are limits to it um as i say when 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 other teams below you uh are really starting to pick up form and you know we'll talk a bit about uh certainly one of those later on and um it is it is looking ominous uh for for huddersfield but you know they they are still the right side of the dotted line it's not like we're in absolute crisis territory i think the fans just just need to need to see more need to be given more to believe in that that this is a squad and a manager who can uh, who can take them to where they should be. Yeah, I mean, I think in in, in fairness to Moore as, uh, as well, Stuart, you, you can't really judge a manager, can you, until he's had a surely he's had a 
a bit of a, a window to, to work with. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's, had, he's, had, he's had all manner of um, injury issues. I think as well, you know, obviously lost um, Nakayama's obviously gone to the um, gone to the Asia Cup as well. I think uh, Headley came up with an issue at, at Leicester. So things have been unkind for, um, for for Darren Moore. He's had someone, you know, untimely timely blows, but you know, I think this imperative of getting players in sooner rather than later. I think you look at the the fixtures they've got as well this month in January. They've got some huge games, haven't they? They've got to play um, Plymouth, Plymouth at home at the start of February. They've got a uh, Sheffield Wednesday, which looks an you know a, a huge six pointer. They've got to go to QPR as well. So you know they should really be trying to put out all the stops to get some. I know it's not easy. You know, there's things you know you know muddy in the waters. There's there's obviously the African Cup of Nations and and the Asia Cup that might be complicate things into you know some clubs letting players out that sort of thing, but they're just got to try and pull out all the stops to get players in nice and early and and integrate. I know Darren Moore sort of he's the sort of manager who sort of likes that sort of thing anyway. You know, really working at close quarters on the training ground. Say so the fixtures to me just dictate that Huddersfield have got to be got to be brisk out of the blocks this month and. You know, you look at the fixtures a little bit further down the line. Look like they've got a tough, term, tough sort of February start to um, start them. Start to March, they play quite a few teams. You know, in the top six mix, as a Southampton lead. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think more can probably turn around and say, you know, look in the two home games, I'm creating a bit of an identity, a little bit of a spark. I need some help now. And um, yeah, I think with I think with Middlesbrough, I think for. You know that they, they themselves, they'll, like Huddersfield, they'll be sort of desperate to do some business in in January. They'll be massively hit on the on the injury front. You know the game against Coventry, obviously they they won um, dramatically at the end against uh, against Huddersfield. The game at Coventry by sort of uh, on New Year's Day by contrast looked a little bit of a game too far. They, Sort of throughout the season, they've been sort of strong in the second half of games, and they sort of, sort of flipped around a little bit now. They're they're sort of um, looking a little bit uh, of late jaded in some of the second half performances. I think that was certainly the case at, at Huddersfield, even though they actually won. But it was actually a bit of a bizarre cameo with House missing the penalty and then sort of scoring from the resultant corner, and you know a bit of fortune in the finish as well. But they looked they looked a bit jaded and. And leg it against a good um, Coventry side, and um, they switch attention to the cup now. But they'll be desperate to get a few players back, and and also sort of replenish the, the squad as well, because they've still got um, their form's been a little bit patchy over the last month or so. But they're still in with a with a playoff sniff. But they they certainly look a little bit light um, in terms of the forwards. But um, yeah, they'll be looking to address one or two areas, and hopefully bring back. You know, some encouraging noises with the likes of Hackney, Crooks and uh, Latila. I hope being back in training and, and back in contention soon. And um, yeah, a big month for, for Middlesbrough as it is for Huddersfield and obviously one or two other teams we'll talk about. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's all got the feel at the moment this season that, that it's it's drifting a bit for, for Middlesbrough. But, the, you know, the reality of the Championship is they, they might be in 12th place, the four might have been patchy, but they're only four points outside the playoffs. You know, so it's it, it's always salvageable for a club in that position with a with a good January. 
And we, we, you know, we've seen with Middlesbrough and Huddersfield, they've both made good use of the of the loan market in recent years. I mean, Huddersfield have got this, uh, have built this uh, relationship with Chelsea over the years, where they've been able to tap into some really good youngsters there. Like Darren Moore himself has got a reputation as a player who who works well with with loan players. So one would hope that that they're quite persuasive when it comes to getting getting top young players in. And likewise, the work that Michael Carrick did last season, particularly with Aston Villa's uh, youngsters, obviously there's a link on on the coaching staff there. Um, the work he did, you know, developing the likes of, of Archer and Ramsey last season. One would hope both of those clubs will have access to some really top young young players um, who can who can boost their squads. But, you know, I mean, we've touched on it already. Both of these both of these managers, both of these clubs, I should say, have had significant injury problems this season, and I think I think sometimes that can be overlooked, and people can just make hasty hasty judgments to change the managers. When actually, if you look at things, there's, there's two good managers there, you know, who've who've had lots of injury problems, and I accept that other teams in the championship have had lots of injury problems too, but nevertheless. There's there's reasons why these clubs have stalled, and you know if you were to jump into a decision, and I don't think one's that, one's close uh, on either of them at the moment in that regard. But if you if you were to sort of push into into that decision, it could be something you re, you regret. Um, I think I think both of these managers have shown in the past that they're worth persevering with uh, and showing some faith in, and and that faith first and foremost needs to come from the chairman finding some. Uh, funds for them in January because I say there is there is the potential for both of those clubs to to you know to pick up quite significantly. I mean even you know even Huddersfield we talk about the teams um, creeping up on them, but the, there is a clump of teams just above Huddersfield where if they can if they could string together you know a few back to back wins, which is something they really struggle with. But if they could crack that, uh, they could they could quite quickly move up the table. If they go the if they go the other way, they could quite quickly drop. So that's why that's why Leon's right to say January is so important. Yeah. I think the fact as well quickly sure they both haven't moaned about it, have they? You know, yeah. some managers in the particular situation, you know, would really would be bemoaning a lot, but you know, fair play to you know, to Darren Moore and Michael Carrick, they've just cracked on, haven't they, really? And um, you know, Middlesbrough as well have had the the, the cup success. Uh, as well, so they basically played. I think played five games in basically a fortnight. Which, when you you sort of got an injury into double figures, it's uh, you know it's a it's it's a sort of brutal schedule, isn't it? And um, he had to feel for more as well. You know, the other going quickly back to the Middlesbrough game, he you know he had four four lads on the bench who'd never played for the club, and um, yeah, I think he only had seven players on the bench in in any case, and that just you know, that's a graphic illustration of of what he sort of hasn't got to work with it as such and um you know i think you know anyone who's who knows um football and really any any Huddersfield fan deep down will just not appreciate that he just needs help doesn't he um this month that's the that's the bottom line yeah absolutely yeah and uh, next we turn to Hull City, who claimed a 3-2 victory over Blackburn Rovers before falling to a 3-1 defeat at the hands of Sheffield Wednesday. Now, with these two results, how will Re- Liam Rossini be feeling about his team's performances? And then turning to Danny Roll's Sheffield Wednesday side, 
Um, they're just three points from safety. And considering where they were prior to this, can they look on the game against Hull City with some pride, Stuart? They absolutely can. They were they were excellent uh, that day, and they are really getting ahead of steam, which what I was saying with regards to, to Huddersfield. There, there is a coach who has been given a little bit of time. Let's not let's not overplay it, but you know, a bit of time to find his feet and has really got things coming together at that football club. Uh, you know, back to back wins over over Preston and uh and Hull have really, you know, put optimism into Sheffield Wednesday. They, if I was if I was not just uh, manager of Huddersfield, but uh if I was caretaker manager of Birmingham or uh or in at uh, Stoke or Plymouth or you know even clubs like Swansea and Millwall, I'd be I'd be worried about the form Sheffield Wednesday are, are showing right now. They look like a really good, vibrant outfit. Um, again, hopefully, it applies to any club that's changed manager during the season. You know they they'll want to get players in in January who are more. Uh, suited to their way of playing and move on those that those that aren't. I mean, we've already seen uh, John Buckley's um, loan um, cancelled to, to free up a bit of space. So things are very positive for Sheffield Wednesday, and and you've got to you've got to throw that perspective in when when you look at Hull City. But I was going to say Liam Rossini will be. I spoke to him after the game. Liam Rossini is frustrated. That's 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 five defeats in eight games now for Hull. And, you know, Rossini will bang the drum about how they should have more than nine points from those eight games. You know, they've played well in game X, they've played well in game Y, but they are just letting themselves down at key moments, either by not putting teams away with finishing or with sloppy mistakes. In the Sheffield Wednesday game, I mean, Leon talks about it being a game too many for Middlesbrough. That that was a game where Hull just didn't turn up. And that was the sort of more worrying part of the equation for them you know they're going to be without uh Jean-Michel Serri now who everything goes through in that team he, he's going to be away for the African couple of nations for a month but you know one thing you do know with Hull City we've mentioned it a couple of times with clubs uh with, you know will will the chairman back the manager in Hull in uh in the January transfer market it's not a question at Hull City he will you know they, they, they've already brought in Billy Sharp there's already already work underway to bring in other players. He, he will get backed, you know. For all that, for all that, as I say, it's it's five defeats in eight. They're one point outside the playoffs. You know, this is this is a wobble, and you know you can't you can't ignore wobbles, but you can make them a lot worse if you get them out of proportion and panic about them. Uh, this is a this is a good squad with a good manager who I'm pretty certain we'll get things right well very confident we'll get things right if people just hold their ner- nerve and you know i think there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of goodwill towards liam rossini uh you know from the whole terraces so that will certainly work in his favor i say there's there's a there's a chairman who believes in him it's a it's a concerning time for for whole city but but no more than that it's a very good time for sheffield wednesday at the moment yeah i'd, I'd agree with all that i think they there needs to be some perspective in terms of where Hull have have uh, come from. You know, sort of this time last year, they were just showing signs of turning it around a little bit after being in the, you know, the relegation niche for most of the first half of 
of last season, and you know the direction of travel is is an upward one. And you, know, you look at the look at the points thirty nine from is it twenty five twenty six. You know they're on they're on course to sort of be around that sort of uh, early to mid seventies sort of haul of points, which gets you into you know playoff um, consideration at the end of the end of the season. You know the one of a clutch of teams we've mentioned uh, Middlesbrough. You know it looks to be looking at the table. You know the, the the top four seem to be away. It could be just two spots. You know fifth and sixth for a you know for a string of teams. You know it could revolve around who. It, you know, amongst that clutchy teams finishes the strongest, who has the who has the best January. And, you know, Stuart rightly said it's about um, part of the package is holding your nerve, isn't it? Whether that's doing you know, gains in the market. You know, Hull mentioned about Middlesbrough as well. They you know, should be attractive clubs to join along with along with some of the others to be fair, you know, like the, the Coventries of this world. And uh, yeah, they're having a little bit of a little bit of a bump, obviously five defeats in, in eight. I think they Probably being a defender, the concern for the senior would probably be some of the sort of goals they've conceded uh, away from home. I think they've had a few twos and threes, haven't they? Obviously, three, three at Sheffield Wednesday. I think they had a couple at QPR, and um, they're, they're struggling for a bit of uh, d- defensive solidity uh, away from home. One or two, as you get at this time of year, one or two other facts as well. There's players going off to the African Cup of Nations, one or two injuries. For Philly Jeans, you know, a big one. I've always been a big player, but the Stewart's right to say there's no need, no need to panic there. They're, they're, um, you know, in the wider context of the season, they're having, um, you know, to be in the in the playoff mix is, is tribute to what Rossini has done, and um, they're still sort of on, on message for me. I mean, just quickly on Sheffield Wednesday, what a what a remarkable story story that's brewing there. One of the Sort of EFL tales of the season, really under Danny Danny Roll. I mean, you you look at them, the you know it was just a perfect storm, wasn't it? In the first sort of quarter of the season, you know, on and off the pitch, there was all manner of acrimony in the stands. You know, obviously the there's still the you know the ongoing issues with the you know the ownership of of Chancery, but you know against that backdrop. You know, and his first job in senior management as well. I know he's been a number two for some, you know, very high-profile names. You know, what 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 a what a sort of story that Danny Rolls carving out. We're not just getting, you know, he's plunged into a championship season, one of the you know toughest divisions in Europe. You know, he's got a, a side ship ship shape in in double quick time. You know, a team who took three points from the first eleven games. You know, it was just it was. It wasn't just bad; it was, it was embarrassing. And you know, I think not just himself. But I think his his coaching staff as well deserve a big pat on the back. They've obviously got everybody together on a daily basis at at, at Middlewood. You know, totally change uh, change the vibe as well as changing the sort of tactical outlook of the, of the team. There's an intensity to from what I've seen to the to the way they're playing. And was it 19, 19 points on the last? Um, Forty-five, and they've had some sort of big wins over over December and to start the new year. And you know, it's almost at the minute. It's just uh, got huge momentum there. It, 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 it's almost if it's just sort of de- destined to be. I suppose the one thing that they'll they'll just have to stop getting, or, or just a little bit, bit of a warning not to get too ahead of themselves because it's probably you know it is the sort of season where you know it, it, you, you do. 
I think all teams at the bottom do do get setbacks. You know, they're doing, they're doing tremendously well at the minute, Wendy, but they've just got to remain focused and on course. And, uh, you know, they've got every chance, but to, you know, to be three points just to drift the safety at this stage of the season, given where they were, in, you know, in mid-autumn, is, um, is, in, is incredible. And, you know, as, as Stuart said, they'll be one of, you know, a number of clubs looking to, to recruit and add to what they've got in January. I think that comes at a, at a, a good time, but um, yeah, it's it's amazing what what Rom's done there. Is um, you know hats off to him, especially you know given the fact it's his first season on his own in uh, English football. Yeah, and 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 a word for the fans as well because um, Roll lost yeah. five of his yeah. first six, six games, but the fans look beyond that and could actually see yeah. what was developing. You know, you, sometimes people talk patronisingly about you know. They're an intelligent fan base, or this and that. Well, Sheffield Wednesday fans sh- showed there and then that they looked beyond the results. They could see what was developing. Yeah. They're obviously in a difficult time at the moment because, as Leon's alluded to, they they, they want rid of the chairman, but you know they they're trying to sort of voice their protest in a way that doesn't impact on the team as well. Um, and I think you can see by Sheffield Wednesday's home form and and the, and the way they've got got behind them, they've they've struck the right balance. You know, certainly from a from a footballing perspective, in terms of supporting the team, getting behind them when they really need it, and and you know at the moment they're they're getting their rewards. There's there's still some way to go because they give everyone such a big head start. But you just you would just feel very confident about uh, about life if you were a Sheffield Wednesday fan or a player at the moment, and that confidence is is actually really important because it does have an impact. It can, it can snowball and create. Uh, an atmosphere at, at Hillsborough in particular, but away games as well, which is very difficult to play against. Yeah, I think you spot on there, Stuart. I think that is part of it. Any team that you know has a successful survival battle, everybody's in it, aren't they? It is. A, it sounds a bit of a cliche about a twelve man, but it is true, isn't it? Really, you know. Yeah. You know, and he came in at he came in at Wednesday. And to be fair, he sort of it was sort of getting worse before he got better almost at the, at the start, wasn't it? They had a few they had a few defeats. I remember watching the. Um, the game against Plymouth on on I on I follow and um, Wednesday lost three 0 but to be fair it was it it, it, um, it was a little bit flattering on on Plymouth but um, you know it was a pretty full away end midweek um, game deep into into autumn you know and the Sheffield Wednesday support was outstanding that day and um, you know it just seems to be that there's been a realization um, in terms of what role has, has done even though there was some. Sort of early, early defeats. You know, they were they had something to buy into, didn't they? The, the supporters exactly, yeah. and, the, and they've been patient, and uh, you know, fair play to them, and they get the reward. Now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and it's not just about numbers turning up. You know, Sheffield Wednesday always get that. Quite a few of our clubs always get yeah. big numbers turning yeah. away, but sometimes you get the sense that people are turning up just out of a sense of duty and, yeah. and not believing. This time. As you, as you say, they've, they've seen something to really believe in. You talked about identity with Huddersfield. That identity came really quickly at Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. Exactly, and then and then and and supporters have, have fed off that. And um, you know, I, I, I can only hope that it, it it gets its full reward because um, you know they certainly they certainly deserve it. Everything the Sheffield Wednesday supporters have gone through, but they really have played their part this season. 
And our attention now turns to Leeds United, who bounced back from consecutive away defeats with a comfortable 3-0 victory over Birmingham City, with goals from Patrick Bamford, who claimed his first start since May, Dan James and Crescentio Somerville, which brings them to within seven points of the top two. Now, how valuable could this be for Daniel Fark's side to start the new year with a win like this, Leon? I think it was a nice, nice settlement. I mean, with with respect to Birmingham, if you were going to choose a, a game on on New Year's Day, given you know, given their struggles and obviously in you know, Wayne Rooney's, you know, he's paid the price for that two wins in fifteen. You know, a home game against Birmingham wouldn't have been too far away from being top of the list. It, you know, after you know a mixed. Uh, Christmas, it looked it looked decent on paper for Leeds, and so it proved. It was, you know, it was pretty comfortable, all, all things considered. You know, the, the the sort of constant this season has been has been that home form. I know there's been you know maybe one or two too many draws, but you know the fact that there's the only unbeaten side at at home in the championship this season, you know that that should carry weight, and it's sort of you know it, it seems to be buttressing what. What Leeds are doing, yeah, it was uh, yeah comfortable win. I was, you know, had a big call for Parker to to bring in Patrick Bamford. It was, you know, it was strange. I I, I know one or two Leeds supporters, and I was I was sort of messaging them uh, over the weekend, and I, I sort of said to one that I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too surprised if if he actually gives um, um, Bamford the, the nod. It could be the right sort of game to. So obviously starting, he'd had fifteen or sixteen substitute appearances, and you know I just thought that it's it's not been quite running for Joe Perot at the minute, and obviously the business, you know the the amount of games you play over the um, you know the the, the festive season, what was it you know, four games in ten days? It looked a perfect time to, to have a look at Bamford, and obviously it justified the by the call. He got his first goal since um, since April, and you know it'll be a big boost for for his confidence. It's, it's not gone for him this this season so far, and um, you know he's a one or two frustrating in, you know injury issues, and you know the start of a new year as well psychologically for a player. You know he's he's he started it with a goal and, and a start, so you know the, the, that'll be a, a big a big fillet for his um, confidence. And uh, yeah, fair play to to Daniel Farker. Is what I, I do I do like about him is he's just not prone to, prone to panic, is he? You know, and there's um, there's a calmness and uh, you know a quiet uh, authority there. You know, he's been around the block and he's you know he's seen it and done it. He's he's got so he's not only really got promoted, he's won the league twice. So you know he, he's earned the right to be uh, to, to be trusted. And um, yeah, it's been a it's been a, you know a funny one in the respect of mix you know some mixed results for Leeds. Obviously lost the back to back away games at, um, at, at Preston with the with the Meslier dis- dismissal. And, you know, things went against them a little bit at, at West Brom. You know, certainly a couple of um, uh, penalty calls. You know, certainly one looked a looked a stonewall um, penalty. And uh, yeah, it's not it's been playing too badly. They just, um, I think Farker's right. He said you just, you just need to find a little bit of a way of grinding out things a little bit more. You know, away from um, away from home, maybe. But I don't think there's a lot fundamentally wrong, to be quite honest. And um, you know, we, we speak about this time of year, nothing going smoothly for most teams. You know, case in point, um, you know, it, it switched, it switched time. A little bit of a, they've had a remarkable 2023, 
and uh, you know they deserve all, all the credit that's 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 been given them. But a little chink of light for for Leeds and and Southampton who were in in very good form. Ipswich have you know, is it they're without a win in, in five, had a few draws in there. They've got one or two um, injury and suspension issues. I know George Hurst, who I think is a big player for them, and they have a spell on the sidelines. So um, you know the gap now between them and Leeds is is down to to seven points and that's doable. So um, yeah, lots of sort of um, lots of sort of ups ups and downs to cut to, to come. But uh, yeah, Leeds uh, at least they can sort of you know they can sort of you know spy second place again. Um, shall we say? And they've actually got a little bit closer to to which which over over Christmas, despite it not being perfect. Yeah, I mean, I mean without wanting to pour cold water over it, I don't think the Birmingham game was ever really going to be the test. We know how good Leeds are at home. Um, they've got they've got Peterborough away in the in the cup next and, and Cardiff away and both both the FA Cup and Cardiff are, are, are two things that don't don't mix very well with Leeds United over the last few years. But um so that that that'll be the bigger test. But I'm I'm with Leon. I mean why why would you not trust Daniel Fark to get it right with Daniel Fark's Parker's record? It, it, it's as simple as that for me. You know, they, they probably do need to just adjust things ever so slightly away from home. Get you know maybe a, a, a slightly slightly different balance between defence and attack. But that that guy knows what he's doing. He he, I'm sure he'll get to the, get to the root of it. And as Leon says, you've got to look at the bigger picture. They're actually closer to Ipswich than than they you know than they were they were four games ago yes Southampton have got their their foot on the pedal but for Leeds to be you know so close to both of those teams when when they're in a slightly ropey spell themselves you know you take that all day long you've just got to be you've just got to be realistic about this and I, I say I, I do think that they will I do think that they will get things right they've got an excellent squad uh, they've got an, an excellent manager and and I think Bamford's goal could be really significant just in terms of I don't think you can underestimate what it does for the confidence even if even if a player has been around the block as many times as Patrick Bamford to just get get that off your back and suddenly it makes it, it makes Leeds's forward options which were already already very good in terms of the wide positions and what have you but 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 down the middle even more formidable um, you know, we've been saying it a lot um, about Leeds on this podcast the last few weeks, and you can become a bit of a, a, a broken record. But you know, in keeping with what we've said about some of the other clubs today, I think they are—they are another that, that they just need need to hold hold the nerve. And you know, some some of the some of the people on on social media and things like that that you shouldn't really pay much attention to, who've been getting overexcited and, and calling for for Farker to leave. They really need to give their heads a wobble because, um, yeah. you know, you, you can be distracted by the fact that Leicester and Southampton have had good seasons as well. But to sort of shake off that that um, hangover of relegation is 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 no mean feat in itself. And and Leeds go into start twenty twenty four in in a in a pretty healthy position, all things considered. Yeah. And very good management, wasn't it, from Farker bringing in. Um, Bamford as well. I think he just yeah he just knew the right time, and it, you know it's 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 paid a dividend. And um, yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more what you said there, Stuart. I mean, there's anyone making noises about um, Daniel Parker really needs uh, 
give the head a shake. Yeah, yeah. And uh, now we look to the Premier League and Sheffield United, who showed a spirited performance in their 2-0 defeat away at Manchester City. This now means that Chris Wilder's side have gone four games without a win and with a visit from West Ham next on the horizon for the Blades. What do they need to do to try and improve their situation, Stuart? They've just got to keep grinding away, Mark. I mean, you know, the the fact of the matter is um, they... They are they are struggling in this division, you know, because they haven't they haven't got the 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 greatest squad. They haven't got masses of money to change things in January. I think, you know, Chris Wilder will try to shuffle the pack. But you know, if we think back to what we were saying a month ago, I think the brutal reality of it is that Sheffield United just needed to get to a point first and foremost where they were losing better. If that doesn't sound too yeah. defeatist. You know, this is a team that Leon saw concede eight to Newcastle United. This is a team that I saw absolutely collapse and concede five at Burnley, a Burnley team who hadn't won at home all season. This is a team that lost 5-0 at Arsenal. Manchester City, as you would, you know, totally expect, utterly dominated the possession against Sheffield United. I think they had 82%. I think they made over over a 1,000 passes. But Sheffield United really defended with great spirit and great skill and limited them to just four shots on target. And it's it's depressing in this league where supposedly everyone can beat everybody, that you can even take moral victories from the fact that you're limited to Man- Manchester City to only sh- four shots on target and only two goals. But that is the reality of where those both those two clubs are. And they just had to... Sheffield United just had to show more fight, more organisation, more determination than they did at the very end of Paul Heckingbottom's reign, where I think morale had just been worn down to such an extent that that, that sort of element collapsed. Um, and then, and, you know, and then they've got to build from there. You know, they, they've got to, they've got to try and try and find results here and there. I mean, you know, West Ham, it's not the, it's not the best time for them at the moment with uh, Paqueta out injured, for example, Crystal Palace, uh, you know, Roy Hodgson seems to be under under a lot of pressure now, and then they've got to exploit one of these to to pull out a, a, an unexpected result. But I think I think the main thing is they've just they've just got to give Sheffield United supporters a team they can have a bit of pride in. And you know, if you if you were there at Turf Moor, um, you know, four weeks ago or whatever it was, if you were there for that three nil, uh, sorry, three one defeat, wasn't it against uh, Bournemouth? Um, those were games to make you embarrassed as a Sheffield United fan. At least under at least under Chris Wilder, you you can take a bit more pride. It only takes you so far, but it's you know it's a step forward from where they were. I think they've got obviously the perfect manager in that that regard, Stuart. Yes, Chris Wilder, he, he knows Sheffield United's DNA. You know, he, he knows what will resonate with with supporters. He knows what they'll they'll tolerate and what they won't tolerate. And, um, you know, when it boils down, he's a Sheffield United fan as well. He's, you know, they, they're they're representing the players, representing his club, and you know, he's a savvy manager, and he'll he'll I think he'll he'll smell out a thousand paces. You know, anyone who's you know attitude and um, levels of intensity aren't spot on. It's just something he you know he he won't he won't tolerate. So you know, they're in the best hands in that regard, and uh, yeah, they've just got to they've got to somehow make a make a fight of it they'll obviously switch switch focus um initially to the FA Cup but uh, 
at Gillingham, and okay, it's it's pretty low down the list of priorities for, for Sheffield United. But you know, well, be tired any player who who doesn't show the right attitude for for that one. And you know, you can be absolutely nailed on that that Chris Wilder will be will be watching. And uh, yeah, it, it sounds it sounds like he's hopefully going to do a couple of pieces of, of of business. Hopefully, this this month as. It sounds like they've lined up, um, you know, great and Diaz alone, and you know, he, I think he's got the makings of a, of a useful signing. But you know, first and foremost, I think players that, that are there, they've just got to, just got to show some pride in the jersey and just give something back because, the, you know, they've had some, you know, bruising episodes um, so far this season. You know, Stuart's mentioned, you know, the Burnleys, obviously the, the, the Newcastle one, which was, um, you know, the talk of football, wasn't it? You know the the home game with with Bournemouth and uh, yeah they they always to to uh, the supporters themselves and and the uh, and the manager to uh, you know put it all on on the line in the in, in the weeks ahead. Yeah. You know if you're going to go down, go down fighting. Exactly. I mean you know whether they go down or not isn't entirely in their hands. Whether they go down with a whimper is you know and and even the last time they went down, it's obviously you know a low a points total quite depressing season but at least they finished strongly under Paul Heckingbottom and that gave them something to go into next season with you know they they, they have to do that again and, and say if everything falls into place and they stay up well obviously happy days but you know even if they don't uh, they've got to be they've got to be wary of wary of next season and this period is going to be really important for them because it it's almost it's almost sort of sneaked up uh, secretly but there's, there's actually a winter break <laughs> uh, coming up for Sheffield United so they've got they've got three weeks without a Premier League game they've obviously got that Gillingham FA Cup tie but three weeks without a Premier League game to really almost for Chris Wilder to have his pre-season with them um, because it's been quite unusual his time in that they've been playing twice a week whereas by and large clubs at that end of the table in the Premier League only tend to play once a week so it's been quite there's not been much training ground time now he's really got time to impress his methods and uh, you can bet your life as Leon says he'll be doing that yeah, yeah. and I just think quickly just even further down the line Stuart he'll be, he'll be looking at next season in, in yes. terms of whatever division they're going to be in you know whether it's you know they somehow do all the cells out of trouble or in the championship but you know he's a, he's a manager who's always watching and, and misses nothing so obviously, along with the, the short to medium term of, of this season, it's about the longer term with of next season, and um, you know who's going to be his plans for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think back to the summer of 2019 when they came up to the Premier League, all the signings he made then, he said afterwards, were, were made with half a mind of, will these yeah. players do it for me in the Championship if we if we were to go down? Actually, they finished ninth, but it'll be the same. It'll be the same mindset. I think the players brought in. And uh, finally for this week, we turn to Stuart for his team of the week before looking to Leon for the player that stood out uh, most for him this past week. Um, Stuart, uh, which team has caught your eye this week? Um, well, I've waxed lyrical already about them, so I won't, I won't bang on too much about uh, Sheffield Wednesday, but I just don't think you can underestimate the importance of those 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 back-to-back wins. You know, they've got a really useful front three, Gassama Masaba and Kadamatri, who are really, you know, the, the the two wide lads in particular had a, had a slow start to the season, which is not surprising when you consider a they were young lads and b they never played in England, but they're really starting to come to the fore. Kadamatri is obviously a big talent. There's so much energy in that team. There's a there's a clear idea of, of what they're doing. Um, I think they've had a they've had a really good week. They've 
got a really good coach. They're they're in a good place right now. They're my team of the week. And uh, Leon, who has stood out for you uh, this week? Well, I'm going to go a little bit left field. I mean, I'll, I think it's it's worth you know mentioning what's happening at Sheffield Wednesday. You know, Stuart's mentioned Kasim, who's who's he's one of the players. I mean, I think the good thing about Sheffield Wednesday is the, is the, you know, the amount of contributions that are coming coming from across the squad. You know, you've got the you know your Marvin Johnsons. You know, you, I know Will Fox missed um, missed the game against Hull, but he's another player who's been putting his hand up, and that's been the impressive thing. Thing for me, um, I think a word again for, for Victor Johansson. I know I mentioned him last week, but you know what a huge player he is for, for Rotherham, Rotherham United, and um, you know he's in a, a really uh, a rich, rich vein of form. And you just hope for Rotherham's sake that they can keep hold of him this this month because um, you know he's nailed on. He's going to have uh, interest in him. He's a, obviously a, a Sweden international now as well. But I'm going to go a little bit left field. I'm going to go for Joe Ironside at Doncaster. Mm-hmm. And um, look, it's been a it's been a pretty rough season for for Rovers. I mean, I'd probably give them the kiss of the death at the start of the season, like you know, tipping them to, to, to being the uh, the top three shaper. But you know, that's that's not gonna gonna happen now. But I, I just think he scored three goals over the um, over the Christmas and New Year period. And okay, it's uh, it's um, it's not y- um, yielded. Um, they did get a good win against you know MK Dons. It's not. Sort of yielded, yielded three wins out of three or anything like that, but I, I just think you know for a side who've really struggled all season for you know different reasons about availability, you know, it's a common theme availability problems with it, with injuries and this that and the other. And Stuart, Stuart was right to point to a, a bit of a, cult, a culture thing last week as well. Um, I think the fact he scored fifteen goals this season is uh, so far is um, you know it's it, it's pretty outstanding, really, isn't it? I, I think, and um, you know, fair fair play to him. He got a he got a goal. He got a good surprise point at, uh, at Mansfield. They were really going strong at the towards the top of of uh, you know League League uh, Two. So he scored against MK Dons as well. So yeah, um, we've not given too many accolades to Donk this season, but uh, I think he's been the, the sort of uh, one sort of reassuring. Uh, constant for him, and they're certainly going to need him in the in the new year. Yeah, I think I think he only got six six goals last season in a, in a struggling Cambridge side. So to to come into a struggling Doncaster side and 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 show that sort of form, real big in the character box as well as his skill. I think that's an excellent choice. YorkshirePost.co.uk. Many thanks to Stuart Rayner and Leon Wobshall, who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene. But don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at yp.sport at nationalworld.com, or if you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football, or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. As ever, many thanks for listening, look after yourselves, and bye for now.